As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Automatically keeps out the sounds you don't want to hear so you can listen to your music. And lowers your music to let in the sounds you do need to hear. Hi there. Hi, what can I get you? I'll have a strawberry mango coconut probiotic smoothie with wheatgrass. Anything else? Extra wheatgrass. Here you go. AirPods Pro with adaptive audio. Available on AirPods Pro second generation when enabled. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. You are listening to The Dan Patrick Show on Fox Sports Radio. Welcome to the program. Already in progress. It's hour two on this Thursday. Dan and the Danettes. Dan Patrick Show. Not sure if baseball is going to discipline Justin Turner. I know they're looking into this. I reached out to a source last night and I asked that question, can baseball discipline Justin Turner or just the Dodgers? And my source said they can discipline Turner, but I think the players union would fight it. I'm guessing the Dodgers and Turner will both be fined, but he won't be suspended. Perfect ending for a pandemic season. LOL. Baseball's investigating this, but baseball needs to investigate baseball. Justin Turner had a selfish act where he went out on the field and celebrated, and he took his mask off at one point, a, you know, a couple of times there. But Major League Baseball's security is not very secure. This isn't on the Dodgers. It starts with Major League Baseball. I hope the commissioner's investigating Major League Baseball. Because once you take him out of the game, where do you take him? And should he have been able to stay at the stadium? Is he sequestered? Should he have been taken back to a hotel room? I didn't know if he was getting his stuff together. He was still in uniform. The season's over. But he said, I am going out there. He was adamant that he was going out there. Baseball security? What could they have done? What did they try to do? We know about Justin Turner. He wanted to be out there with his teammates. I understand why you would want to be out there. But it was a selfish move on his part. Major League Baseball, if you take him off the field, are you taking him out of the stadium? And if not, why not? And where do you keep him in the stadium? And do you keep him in the room? What happens when the game ends? Where's security go? Do they go onto the field? Do they go to protect the commissioner? And is Justin Turner just sitting in a room going, uh, anybody here? Open the door. It's unlocked. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out on the field and celebrate. But from what I'm told last night, uh, a source who's involved in this says, uh, I'm guessing the Dodgers and Turner will both be fined, but he won't be suspended. Yes, Paul. It's such an unprecedented situation because Justin Turner's sitting back there. He's been told to leave the field by MLB. And his team just won. If they lost, he'd probably go back to the hotel and do what he's going to do. But since they won, the security's probably thinking, well, he's going to just stay back here. And then at some point, 
They can't physically restrain him. I'm guessing they could not physically restrain him besides the fact that he's COVID positive. The fact that I don't know if they could restrain a major league ball player. I don't know if that's in their scope of authority. And he probably just said, hey, try to stop me. That's what I want to know. What did Major League Baseball do, try to do, not able to do, that allowed Justin Turner to go onto the field? 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Spent a little time in the first hour. I gave an update on uh, Nebraska football. I told you yesterday uh, around this time about Wisconsin football that the game against Nebraska was in doubt and that uh, Graham Mertz, their starting quarterback, he was participating in team activities. Um, I'll give you exactly what I said. Wisconsin update from my source. Mertz in all likelihood had COVID prior to the game, but tested negative, was at all the team activities leading up to the game. So it spread throughout the team. A significant number of positives this week. Game with Nebraska growing doubtful. And uh, that was at 10.10 Eastern time yesterday. And then we found out about an hour later that the game indeed was canceled. I did reach out to my source last night and I just said, this is a nightmare for the Big Ten. And he said, it's not going to get any better. Great deal of trial and error. And in the end, you're not in a bubble, so players will get it. Nebraska wanted to schedule a non-conference game this week. As soon as they found out yesterday what was happening with uh, Wisconsin, Nebraska reached out to a couple of schools to see if they wanted to come to Lincoln, Nebraska this weekend. Uh, My source also said the 21-day isolation was an overreaction to myocarditis, and there wasn't enough data. My source says, I can't imagine the Purdue-Wisconsin game will be played next week. So that's just an update on uh, some of the things that we have been talking about. Also, the Houston Chronicle is saying that the Texans should consider trading J.J. Watt. We looked at that. Now, it's not a report. That's just a suggestion that they should trade or at least look into trading J.J. Watt. I understand it because you're not going anywhere this year. And if I can get J.J. Watt, you know, off the salary cap, maybe I get something in return. I'd be looking at if I'm some of these teams, like what can I get for my players? And also, you know, are we rebuilding or reloading? The Texans, I thought we're going to rebuild or reload this year. They should be rebuilding. There are teams, contending teams, that would probably be interested in J.J. Watt. And I, I don't want to do this and try to create something that's not there. I'm just looking at what, what would be realistic. What is the possibility that this could happen? What is something that would work for both teams? If you could get a late first-round pick or a second-round pick for J.J. Watt right now, if I'm the Texans, as much as a PR hit as that's going to be, I would still do it. Because you don't have fans in the stands, so the PR hit is not as powerful because they're not there booing you. They're not not showing up. And you're not going anywhere with J.J. Watt, who is an older 31 years of age with all of his injuries. And I had Ethan draw up some numbers on the teams that would need J.J. Watt. You know Ethan, who does stats here. Oh, Ethan. The league-wide average of quarterback pressures is 36% of pass plays. Here are the contending teams with the lowest pressure rate. Packers, number one. Bills, number two. Titans, number three. Colts, four. Cardinals, five. Seahawks, six. Seahawks just got Carlos Dunlap from the Bengals. That's a nice pickup for them. I don't know if the Packers, and he goes back to Wisconsin, would make a lot of sense. Feels like it would, but I don't know what the Packers would be willing to give up. It appears the Packers might be interested in somebody else on the Texans, Will Fuller, their wide receiver. Matt LaFleur was at Notre Dame, on the staff at Notre Dame. He's the head coach of the Packers when Will Fuller was a Notre Dame wide receiver. There's a little bit of a connection there. McLevin, do we have a poll question today? By the way, we say good morning to our radio and TV partner. You can watch on Peacock and listen on our great radio affiliates around the country. Okay, would you trade a first-round pick for J.J. Watt if you were a Super Bowl contender? 86% said no. Well, consider where that first-round pick is going to be. It's not going to be probably 1 through 23, 24. And if I could get J.J. Watt, if I know he's healthy. You know, Seattle gives up the 28th pick in the draft for J.J. Watt right now. Sure, I'd consider that. It, it's, you have the window of opportunity to win. 
And you have to take advantage of that. That's why I thought if I'm Kansas City, I would certainly do a drive-by. Now, would they trade you know, him to the Kansas City Chiefs? If I'm Kansas City, I want to strengthen my team, but I want to weaken your team. I want to make sure that you don't get J.J. Watt, and we do. And even if I rotate him in and out, if I get him out there for you know, 15, 20 plays, I only need him to play big in a big game in the playoffs. Like, that's what I want. And if I could get him and I'm giving up 31st, 32nd pick in the draft, sure, I'd consider that. Yeah, McLovin. I have a question about Ethan's list. By the way, Ethan called me and said he would have pulled Blake Snell, just so we're clear. Oh, okay. Because that's Ethan. All right. Uh, uh, Who are real contenders on this? The Packers, Bills, Titans, Colts, Cardinals, and Seahawks. Yeah. Like, are they, is a team like the Titans or the Cardinals, is there enough there that, like, hey, it's time to go in on this? Well, the Titans aren't getting anything out of Jadavion Clowney. And I don't know if they look at that and say, well, he's getting healthier or he's improving or whatever it might be. Um, but are, like, are the Cardinals, like, is it possible that they could be a contender as early as this year? Well, they lost Chandler Jones for the year. And that was the only thing I thought, and you're in a tough division. You're not going to have four teams making the playoffs. It feels like Green Bay, Seattle, Pittsburgh, reunite with his brother. Yeah, Paul. If I'm Green Bay and I'm going to trade for someone, I'm going to trade a first-round pick for Julio Jones. He's the exact same age as J.J. Watt. Can you get him for a first-round draft pick? If, okay, let's say you were the GM of the Falcons. I would take Julio Jones. Then you get the first-round pick and you get the second or third pick in the draft and you now you've got some draft capital. Well, if I'm if I'm Green Bay, I trade for Julio Jones. And if you're I, Atlanta, you would probably do the same. I would need more than a first round pick for Julio Jones. He's 31. He's had a very good career. He's almost always healthy. Early in his career, he's banged up, but lately, the past five years, he's healthy. You're going. They're not going anywhere in the next three years, are you, Atlanta? No, but I I would need more than a first round draft pick for Julio Jones. Yeah, McLevin. But why would the Packers want to add a receiver? I mean, their offense is cooking with gas, like. I think you could find a spot for Julio Jones. But you're not going to give up a first for an older receiver. Like, I, honestly, and it, and it you're, could have. You're wasting the window of Aaron Rodgers. Why? He's having his, one of his best years. You're but not if anything. I got Julio Jones. There's nowhere to go up. He's been nearly perfect. Yeah. You know where you go up? To the podium when they hand you the Super Bowl trophy. Well, we know there's never been a number one wide receiver who's been part of a team. There's never been a, like, a great receiver part of a Super Bowl team. That's not how you win. Look at the Patriots, you know. Randy Moss never won a title. He got really close, though. He got close, but I, Julio's never won a title. Like He, I see maybe, he had, they were one or two plays away yeah. from winning, and he had one of the great catches, clutch catches in Super Bowl history that went for naught. People forgot about because they lost that Super Bowl. So if I gave you the choice, back to that Julio, what if it was a younger, like, real stud defensive end or a Julio Jones? Like which? If which I said go? you could have Carlos Dunlap or you could have Julio Jones, well, Dunlap was a, like a six-round pick, though, right? But nobody's very good. I don't care. Yeah, where, yeah. I don't care where you drafted. No, I'm just saying. No, they traded a six-round pick for him. Oh. I think he was pretty much. Oh, okay. Yes. Yes. Paul. How improved are the Cardinals and Kyler Murray's uh, development by adding, adding Hopkins for a second-round pick? Seems like seems drastic to me. And, and it certainly I know, helped. And I know that Julio Jones is different than Hopkins. He's older. Maybe not as explosive, but and Aaron Rodgers is good without receivers, but it seems like he could be quite a bit better. It just feels like this is how close I was to taking the Packers. If the Packers had gotten C.D. Lamb or one of these receivers in the first round, I was going to take the Packers to go to the Super Bowl. I thought if the Packers got C.D. Lamb, that they would be they would win the NFC. That's how close I was to taking them. And then they passed on a wide receiver. They passed on a wide receiver again and again and again. And they took a running back. Yes, McLeod. They were 13-3 and three last year, and they're, I think they're the Vegas favorite in the NFC this year. They're getting close. They're, they're awesome. But imagine having Julio Jones. I don't think that's what they lack. I, I think Rodgers is just fine with these guys. I mean, so, so you wouldn't make any changes? Why are they interested I, in Will Fuller? Well, that's a good point. <laughs> but honestly, their passing game is awesome. The problem, their, their concern is like they have to be great on defense and to get out of the NFC. Nobody's great on defense, except for Pittsburgh. 
But if you're Green Bay, who would make more of an impact? J.J. Watt or Julio Jones? On, on bigger picture. Yeah, probably J.J. Because they're already... I mean, Devontae Adams is playing like the best receiver in the NFL since he got back. I mean, God, I would take... I would take. This is all about offense. The NFL is... It's, it's not about defense. But the Packers, you know, Matt LaFleur, they want to run the ball too to keep the defense off the field. You know, they, they want to be a mix. I know, I know. I understand it. That'd be really hard to pass up on Julio Jones. Is Julio still that good? He's 31 too. Feels like he's still pretty elite. By the way, your guy CeeDee Lamb. He had 99 catches last year. CeeDee Lamb, five targets last week, three drops, zero catches. Yeah. he uh, He's another one of those Cowboys who is disappointing. He's so talented. Well, they're trying to now trade, I guess, Amari Cooper. <laughs> Did they come to the realization that this was a bad contract? Oh, Jerry. This program brought to you by the Breeders' Cup, November 6th and 7th, the world's best thoroughbreds compete in 14 exhilarating races at the Breeders' Cup World Championships. Learn more at breederscup.com slash 2020. Catch all the action live on NBC Sports. Anthony in Vegas joins us. Anthony, good morning. What is on your mind? Good morning, DP. Um, actually, I got a stat of the day um, for this Sunday, actually. Um, so according to the Elias Sports Bureau, Sunday's matchup between the Steelers and Ravens, Steelers Mike Tomlin and Ravens John Harbaugh will become the first pair of head coaches in the Super Bowl era to face off 25 times in the regular season. So I think that's pretty cool. All right. Um, also, also, Pauly, um, I'm also watching West Wing, and uh, I'm almost done with season four, so I'm not looking forward to season five. Uh, I've never watched it before, so, um, you know. Thank you, Anthony. I've, I've never seen West Wing. I would recommend it, Dan. The first four seasons are great TV, and it's not overly political. It's very, you know, fun. Then it kind of goes squirrely in season five, and then gets better in season six and seven. There's so many shows that I never saw. ER, never saw an episode. I, I would go West Wing over ER. Sopranos, never saw that. You got some time now with no, no, Mac no, football's no, a week away. No, no, I don't have any time. I got Cobra Kai taking up all my attention. Yes, yeah, West Wing and ER feel like they could kind of be the same show. West Winger. Yeah, West Winger. See what I did with that, Todd? I added the ER at the end of West Wing. Thank you, Todd. Yes, McLovin. I'm with Paulie. I think West Wing's a cut above. I've been watching ER. It's on the studio. Well, no, I'm just saying, when I worked second shift at ESPN, I missed out on all those shows because I worked at night. I never saw any of those shows for, what, 10 years? I was working second shift. Yes. No, 15 years working second shift. Yes, Paul. I read this great story about the making of the West Wing and Aaron Sorkin when, and the producers are trying to hire these different actors and they didn't want big names. They wanted like meat and potatoes, good actors. And the network said, well, you need to hire some more good looking people. They're like, you can't have all these people who are very, you know, whatever they were. And they go, all right, um, what, we're going to bring in Rob Lowe to be one of the president's speechwriters. Like, there you go. Now you're, now you're getting the drift. Maybe I have a problem with Aaron Sorkin, like subconsciously. Because Aaron Sorkin, he produced Sports Night. And it was supposed to be based, based on SportsCenter and Keith Oberman and myself. And we gave them all these storylines. They didn't use any of those storylines. And then you'd watch the show and you go, that's not how it is. I'm assuming news, the newsroom looks like a newsroom, sounds and feels like a newsroom. But watching Sports Night, and you had a great cast, but it did not resemble Sports Center. We're telling the writers, we're, we're, we're sitting down telling them all the crazy stuff that goes on when you're you know, getting ready to do a show and you're putting on your own makeup. Somebody could be sitting in the stall while you put on your makeup. You know, running down to the set, you know, leak in the roof one night just over the set of sports. And like there was all these crazy things that happened there. And then we start to watch the show and we go, this isn't any fun. So maybe I subconsciously blame Aaron Sorkin. Yes, McClellan. I hate to do this, but I think I think West Wing is the Tom Petty of TV shows for Paulie now. When he fixates on a, a late 90s, early 2000s project. Oh, my gosh. So I don't know if you're aware of this, but Paul's been watching West Wing lately. Yeah. A lot of it. Yeah. And he's been listening to a lot of Tom Petty. Oh, I'm like two years in. This is like Fritzy stuck in the 80s. Paulie's stuck in the 90s here. That Tom Petty channel. Just yeah. deep dive. Well, I'm right with Paulie, by the way. Late 90s, early 2000s, put it in my vein. That's great. <laughs> uh, Chris Mannix is going to join us coming up. I'm going to talk to him about when does the NBA season start because there's a real tug of war here. 
between the owners. They want Christmas Day. That's a big deal. And the players are not going to stand for that. They want to wait another month after that. I also want to ask him, you got Daryl Morey going to Philadelphia. And it feels like with Doc Rivers, Daryl Morey, you got Elton Brand in there in the front office. And you got that roster. I don't know what kind of team that's going to look like. Uh, what kind of changes does he stay with those uh, two stars there, Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid? Are the Clippers interested in Rajon Rondo? And would they be interested in Rajon Rondo if he didn't play for the Lakers? So Mannix will join us uh, coming up. And top of the hour, the Hall of Famer Johnny Bench is cleaning out his attic. He is selling all of his memorabilia, and we'll talk to him about that uh, as well. We'll get to uh, more phone calls, 877-3DP-SHOW, email address dp at danpatrick.com. Coming up on 20 after the hour, this is the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 to noon Eastern or 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Dan Patrick Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Or stream us live on the Peacock app. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all, but here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, they're like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. They play, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not, gonna, the, not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team that could, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of the never, Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? You've seen the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the Metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly... Patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'll talk to Chris Mannix. He'll join us coming up here in a moment. Who are the Clippers going to add? Who are the Lakers going to add? And does Daryl Morey fit in Philadelphia? What's that style going to look like? Here's something for you. The Rockets are set to hire Steven Silas as their new head coach. He is the son of Paul Silas, who coached the Cavaliers in LeBron James' rookie season, 2003. Today, October 29th, is the anniversary of LeBron James' NBA debut. That was October 29, 2003, when LeBron and the Cavs lost at Sacramento, 106-92. In his debut, LeBron played 42 minutes, and uh, there was a sellout crowd of 17,000 at Sacramento's Arco Arena. 18 days ago, LeBron played 41 minutes and went 13 of 20 from the floor in an empty arena, and the Lakers won the title. So he started out 12 of 20 in his debut, and last night... Uh, 18 days ago, was 13 of 20 in his final game for this season. So, Stephen Silas gets the call for uh, the Houston Rockets. Yes, Paulie? Michael Jordan never lost to the Kings in his rookie debut. Wow. Yeah. Wow. True story. Yeah, you're right. I don't need his stats, Paulie. James in Virginia. <laughs> hey, hey, James. Oh, thanks for taking my call, brother. Happy Thursday, Thank man. You, we are Washington. All righty. Hey, man, I, you know, I love to just sit back and listen to you guys. You guys chop it up like no other, man. But McLovin, man, you kind of pushing me to the edge today, man, with this wide receiver talk. First of all, man, Julio Jones is probably one of the best receivers in the game still. This guy is six foot three and runs like a four or five and catches nothing but touchdowns and 100, 100 receptions a, game, a season, I mean. And as far as not great receivers winning the Super Bowl, I mean, I can go back to the 80s with Art Monk and Jerry Rice in the 90s with Jerry Rice and Michael Irvin. You've got the greatest show on turf with, with, uh, with Torrey Holt and Isaac Bruce. I mean, it just goes on and on. Antonio Holmes was a great receiver. Keyshawn Johnson. Like, you can just keep adding them up. Now, I will say, you got to have great defense. It's a team-oriented game, and receivers don't win it on their own. But when you can add, you put Julio Jones on the Green Bay Packers, woo, man! I already told you I got them winning the NFC. I take it off the air, man. Thanks for letting me. Thank you, James. Thank you, James. Had a problem with you, McLovin. Yeah. So just to be clear, James is putting Santonio Holmes and Jerry Rice in the same conversation as great wide receivers. I don't. Is Santonio Holmes a great receiver? Not just a, a good receiver. Neither. He was just a system just guy to, in Pittsburgh who happened to be there in the okay. second. He left. By the way, <laughs> Julio Jones is 31. That's all I'm saying. Of course, Julio is like the, one of my favorite receivers of all time, but I don't know if the value I've never heard you say one nice thing about Julio Jones before. Oh, I'm a, I'm a full-on Julio Jones guy. Always have been. He's not a system wide receiver? No. Julio, no, Julio and Calvin Johnson are my two receiver guys. I like they just score a touchdown, hand the ball to the official. But he's now clearly, Calvin Ridley is the star there. I've been... Julio will have a big game, but, you know, he's 31. Isn't that old for receiver years? I don't know when the, the cliff usually is. If you could get a first-round pick for Julio Jones and you're the Falcons GM. Oh, I, I don't think you get a first two rounds for Julio. Okay. I mean, I'd be shocked if anyone would give up a first round for Julio. Because he's 31 and he's expensive. Right. Well, I don't know if anything happens prior to the trade deadline. Every year we talk about the possibilities and then nobody gets traded. Uh, more phone calls coming up. Chris Mannix joining us and uh, senior NBA writer for Sports Illustrated. Let me start with the schedule, Mannix, and the importance of the NBA coming back and playing these games on Christmas Day. What do you think? I mean, the NBA understands that at least for the first quarter of 2021, it's highly unlikely that we see fans in the stadium. So, to maximize their revenue, it's as simple as maximizing their games. And by starting the season during Christmas week, you can squeeze in a 72-game schedule that ends sometime in late June. And that's that's equally important, Dan, to this process as well. I mean, you know, Adam Silver has said this to me, said this to others, but like they want to get out next year before the start of the scheduled Olympics. They don't want to be playing deep into the summer and competing 
with you know swimming and track and field and things that people watch during an Olympic cycle. They want to be out at a normal time so they can reset their calendar going into the 2021-2022 season. So by starting in uh, late December, they can get as many games as possible. They can fulfill their regional sports contracts, which is important, maximize those national contracts, and at least generate as much revenue as they possibly can. Yeah, but the players' union is going to push back on this. Yeah, the players' union has pushed back on this, will push back on this. I mean, Michelle Roberts, her comments this week to The Athletic are in line with everything she said to other reporters, including me. I mean, I spoke to her you know, back in August and asked her about this specific question, knowing the NBA would probably want to get back at some point in December. And she said to me that 2020 just didn't feel like a realistic possibility. And now here you are, uh, you know, a couple of months before a, a penciled in start date and Michelle Roberts uh, is saying the exact same things. Now understand Dan, there are probably half the teams in the league that are going to be ready to go. You had eight teams, that didn't go to the bubble that have effectively been off since March. You've got another half dozen teams that were done in mid August. I mean, there are teams out there that are ready for that start, but you can't underestimate the power of one team and the power of one player. And that's the Lakers <laughs> and LeBron James in this process. I mean, I, I talked to a player just last night and he told me, he's like, if LeBron doesn't want to play, we're not playing. So it, you know, it, it, it probably isn't as simple as that, but LeBron James will have a big influence in this process. Explain to me what the 76ers are going to look like when they take the floor this upcoming season. Now that you bring in Doc Rivers, you got Daryl Morey in there as well. What kind of style? And will we have the same lineup on the floor? Oh, I mean, that's the question, right? I mean, I think the biggest, the biggest question you have now is what does this mean for Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons? Now, before Daryl Morey was hired, it was – almost a mortal lock that you would see Simmons and Embiid back with this team together. It's probably likely that you see Simmons and Embiid back to start next season, but Daryl Morey is a freewheeling general manager who has not been afraid in the past to shake up his roster and make significant moves. And he's a general manager that bases a lot of his philosophies on analytics and, and, and texting with other GMs. They, they kind of said the same thing to me. They were like, well, I wonder what this means for, for Embiid and Simmons. Will Daryl look to move one of those guys to create a more modern NBA? Like Embiid is great. Simmons, despite the fact that he can't shoot, is a great player. But they don't necessarily fit the modern NBA. Embiid's a low post presence. Simmons, a non-three-point non shooter. I think it's going to bear watching in the next you know month, two months, You know how Daryl Morey views this roster and if he thinks that Embiid and Simmons can play together. But also you have Steven Silas taking over in Houston. So no Maury, no D'Antoni. And what's that mean for the style of the Houston Rockets? Well, first and foremost, Steven Silas is an excellent coach. Like he has been effectively a coach in waiting for the better part of the last four or five years. I mean, he was considered strongly for that Houston job back in 2016 before Mike D'Antoni was hired for it. He's been considered strongly for another handful of jobs since then. He's got a great background. If you go back all the way to his early days, Steph Curry and Klay Thompson were two players that, that worked really well with him back in Golden State. So all that being said, the Rockets are an almost impossible coaching job at this point. I don't think their style of play changes simply because it can't. Like They're not going to go out there and suddenly have – salary cap space. They're not going to be able to significantly alter their front court to add another big man. I think Steven Silas is going to have his own twist on some things, but in Houston, barring a substantial deal involving James Harden, I don't believe you can change the way they play significantly enough to make a difference. He's Chris Mannix, Sports Illustrated NBA senior writer. I'm looking at the Clippers. There was a little chatter about maybe Chris Paul coming back. Um, Rajon Rondo with the Clippers. What, what kind of moves can the Clippers make to counter what's going to be an extremely strong, uh, you know, West again next season? Yeah, I mean, they're extremely limited in what they can do. They don't have the draft capital to make a trade. They don't really have the assets in general, whether it's young players or otherwise, to make a deal. What they do have 
are some of these salary exceptions. And you can throw an exception at a Rajon Rondo. And Rondo, look, his stock hasn't been this high since he left Boston. It's as simple as that. I mean, he, the way he played in the playoffs, proving once again he's on a championship level, the Clippers could certainly use something like that. When Patrick Beverly went down the playoffs, uh, they were really missing something at that position. And Rondo can bring something uh, to that slot. So I think you're going to see in Los Angeles with the Clippers some nibbling around the fringes a little bit. You'll see maybe a Rondo added or another big man added. But I still think it's more likely than not that the Clippers dig deep into their pocketbook, bring back you know some of the players they have as free agents, whether it's Montrez Harrell or Marcus Morris or Jermichael Green, and try to run this thing back. That's kind of the message, Dan, they were sending when they brought in uh, Ty Lue. I mean, Ty Lue is an excellent coach, but he's also a coach that can establish continuity, that can help that team hit the ground running whenever next season starts. So I think they bring this band largely back together. I couldn't help but think when LeBron was celebrating the title, the confetti is coming down, that he was immediately thinking, who can I get on this roster? Like, what do we add? And, you know, there was talk about Chris Paul that, can you bring in Chris Paul? Do you need Chris Paul? If LeBron just had an incredible season as your point guard, what do the Lakers add or subtract? Well, I, I don't know that there's much room for them to add or subtract anything either for largely the same reasons that, you know, the, the Clippers have. But the Lakers are in a slightly different position in that in the summer of 2021, they could have some pretty significant salary cap flexibility. They could make some moves where I believe they'll be right around $30 million in available cap space, depending on what they do with some of these contracts uh, this offseason. Uh, so th- their, their goal to make a significant change probably lies in the summer of 2021. The Chris Paul stuff, you got to remember, Chris Paul makes like, you know, $75 million or whatever it is. Like he has a, he has one of the biggest contracts in the That's NBA. That's an exaggeration, time. Chris. That's uh, an exaggeration. Perhaps, okay. perhaps it's a little okay. bit over the top. Right. But, but if you're acquiring Chris Paul, you've got to basically, you know, gut your team or deal a big, uh, big name player and, and really be willing to roll the dice. That's why a team like Milwaukee still looms, I think, is the strongest candidate to extract Chris Paul uh, from Oklahoma oh, they, City, which I believe they, is going to happen. Yeah, they could use him more than anybody. And if they had Chris Paul this past season, I think it would have been different. I think he would have meant and, that much to them. And Dan, you you can you can make it work in Milwaukee. You can put together a combination of Eric Bledsoe, George Hill. Uh, you can sweeten the pot with a Dante DiVincenzo or a draft pick. You can make an appealing offer uh, to uh, to a team like Oklahoma City. And if you're the Bucks it's a no-brainer. I mean, worst-case scenario, you know, Giannis leaves after next season, you're stuck with one extra year of a big contract with Chris Paul. After the 21-22 season, you would wipe the books basically clean to start from scratch. So there, there is there is no easier move or, or more of a no-brainer move to make than Chris Paul going to Milwaukee. Before I let you go, I know you, you're not married, but you fall in love a lot when it comes to the NBA draft. Have you fallen in love with somebody? A little bit, a little bit. I'm a, oh God, this is getting recorded. I, I'm a, I'm a big James Wiseman guy. Big James Wiseman guy. Uh, I don't know what to compare him to. I see a little bit of like David Robinson's game in him from back in the day. He's a hyper athletic seven foot one guy who I think if he is drafted by Golden State with the number two pick in the draft, he's going to be a player there for a long time. And he's going to be effective for that team almost immediately. I think whether it's a trade or Anthony Edwards, that's probably the number one pick. But Golden State, sitting there at number two, uh, if they don't make a deal, I think James Wiseman's their guy, and I think he's uh, one of not the best player in this draft. Yes, McLovin. Chris, I know you've been in the bubble for a while. Have you been there since 1988? <laughs> Have you noticed that uh, centers don't matter anymore? Athletic centers who can run the floor. Well, James Wiseman played for Penny Hardaway down in Memphis. And I was talking to Penny about this recently. Uh, You know, Penny used to show Wiseman all these tapes of Shaq. And Wiseman's such a young guy that he viewed Shaq as kind of this, you know, the lumbering big man we saw with the Lakers. He forgot, and you know this, Dan, in the 1990s, Shaq ran the floor. Shaq was one of the most athletic big men in the NBA. And I think Wiseman's got a little bit of that in him, a little bit of the ability to dominate and run the open floor. What about my guy from uh, Israel? No, you're... Now, now you're getting too deep in the weeds for me there, Dan, Denny. Denny uh, Avida? No, they. Yeah. Adija? 
<laughs> I'm not even touching that. You don't I'm even not even go. This this I know who he is, but I don't know enough to God, he looks know. he he looks great. Denny Adesia. I hope we're I hope we're rolling on this stuff too, not just my Oh no, you know. I've already said it before this. Okay. All right. Yeah. Because but he, he, he looks could want, he could wind up being Nicholas Skidishvili for all we know. <laughs> like, what if, you know? Nicholas Skidishvili could yes. was just a tall guy. That was it. That that okay. was it. Then he, can, then he can then he can be Dragon Bender or Mario Azonia or Rafael Arroyo or any of the other international imports. Or Dante Exum. Dante Exum had injury issues. That's why Dante Exum didn't pan oh out. My has, I should say, hold on. I should say hasn't panned out. Still a long way to go for, <laughs> yeah. for Dante Exum. Big opportunity in Cleveland this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're talking about him. Uh, hey, thank you, Chris. I appreciate your time as always. You got it, Dan. Chris Mannix. I don't know about this guy who's, uh, I think his parents, one of his parents is Israeli and the other one's Serbian. Is that yeah, right? Yeah, so one of them comes from the Serbian basketball program the dad i think okay so yeah he's got you know yeah i don't know because you hear israeli player and nothing really comes to mind there aren't a lot of israeli players yeah but there are a lot of serbian players i i just and i don't know if it's the unknown probably so but when you think of the nba draft this is all unknown james wiseman played what 11 games for memphis uh you got uh lamello ball played overseas these guys are usually one and done, so there is a, a mystery to them. But this is a guy I just saw, you know, some of his highlights. I, you know, unlike Luka Doncic, where I actually saw a couple of actual games, which is where you get a, a truer sense of just how good somebody is, because you can piece together the highlights and go, boy, that guy's unbelievable. But in the, the flow of the game, the context of the game, that's where you saw Luka, he would take over and make big plays at big moments. And it wasn't just highlights put together, but obviously far better than anybody thought he would. I gave you um, some information from my source. Nebraska, as of yesterday, was trying to find a replacement opponent since Wisconsin couldn't go to Nebraska due to COVID. Well, it looks like Nebraska found its opponent. We'll talk about that coming up next year on the Dan Patrick Show. Thanks for listening to the Dan Patrick Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday morning, 9 until noon Eastern, 6 to 9 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. And you can find us on the iHeartRadio app at FSR or stream us live on the Peacock app. Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. Cataracts are the primary cause of avoidable blindness. He works with a virtual reality training platform developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International to help surgeons develop the muscle memory they need. The result? More confident, capable surgeons. And even more importantly, patients who can see. Explore more stories like Dr. Strauss's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. An epic matchup between your two favorite teams, and you're at the game getting the most from what it means to be here with American Express. You breeze through the card member entrance... Stop by the lounge. Now it's almost tip-off, and everyone's already on their feet. This is going to be good. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your live sports experience at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Eligible American Express card required. Benefits vary by card and by venue. Terms apply. Hall of Famer Johnny Bench will join us coming up. Top of the hour. Get to more phone calls. I mentioned earlier in the show, my college football source told me that when Nebraska found out Wisconsin could not get their team ready due to COVID to travel to Lincoln, Nebraska, Nebraska was on the phone yesterday morning trying to find an opponent for this weekend. Didn't hear anything yesterday, but I've heard something today, and uh, it's being reported the University of Tennessee, Chattanooga, and Nebraska close to finalizing an agreement to play This Saturday in Lincoln, Nebraska, the Chattanooga Times Free Press has learned through multiple sources the Cornhuskers game against Wisconsin canceled earlier this week. The game is awaiting approval from the Big Ten Conference, which had previously set an eight-game conference-only schedule this fall. And keep in mind, when all of this was going on, when Nebraska was going to go rogue, and if the Big Ten wasn't playing, then Nebraska was going to secede from the Big Ten at least for a season, and they got spanked by the Big Ten. When they got back together and they decided, okay, Nebraska, you want to play football, you start your season going to Ohio State. I was told that they did that on purpose to punish Nebraska. Now, Nebraska is trying to play a game. They need Big Ten approval, and I can't imagine they're going to get Big Ten approval for this weekend. Paulie? Dan, we have an update, and you know how much you and I love UT Chattanooga Mox football. Not good news. According to Adam Rittenberg of ESPN, he's a college football writer, the Big Ten has denied Nebraska's attempt to replace its canceled game against Wisconsin with FCS team UT Chattanooga, sources tell them. Uh, Chattanooga had already tested staff and players Wednesday and came back negative, but the game will not happen, according to ESPN's college football reporter. I don't know why Nebraska doesn't go through the Big Ten first to save embarrassment. Because if I know that you're trying to schedule a game through my source, I'm going to guess the Big Ten's going, wait a minute. Are they doing this behind our back? It's one of those, hey, you know, we would rather you know, beg for forgiveness than ask for uh, permission. Why wouldn't you just say to the Big Ten, is it okay if we schedule a game? Yeah, Paulie. And UT Chattanooga football had planned on playing a spring schedule, but that allowed them to practice, and they were going to run up to Lincoln, handle some business, and come back to Chattanooga. (laughs) And it looks like they're denied. They were also, it appears that they were going to be paid uh, $250,000 to go to Lincoln, plus travel costs. So that would have been a big boost for their athletic department. Yeah. Why don't you just call? Why don't you just ask the Big Ten, can we do this? My weekend's ruined. Well, I would like to have watched it, but it just, I don't know. I don't know why these schools don't go, you know, maybe we should ask for Nebraska. Look, if you don't want to be in the Big Ten, then don't be in the Big Ten, and the Big Ten will not miss you. But it's not like Tom Osborne's walking through that door, I am hip, or Mike Rogier or Johnny Rogers, ask for permission. Yes, Todd. You have to have a Chattanooga with the appropriate parties, or these are the things that are going to happen. See what you did. And everybody's going to be let down and bummed. Oh, solid and improving, Todd. <laughs> solid. Yes, you will. Uh, by the way, Tom Brady named NFC Offensive Player of the Year, and Antonio Brown hasn't started practicing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but according to head coach Bruce Arians, he looked fantastic. I don't know what, like... Did he walk in and he was dressed nice? You look fantastic. Because I would think you want him to look fantastic when he takes the football field. When does he take the football field? Have we got an update on Antonio Brown? I think I saw next week, week nine. I'll double check that. So not this game. Okay, because he this is still the eight-game suspension. Should it count if you're not on a roster? 
that you have an eight-game suspension, but you're not on a roster. Yes, he... That's what I don't understand. I know that he sat out eight weeks, but he wasn't on a team, so why does that count as a suspension? That's what I was wondering. That's what I was wondering, too. Yeah. We were wondering the same thing. Yeah. Doesn't make any sense. Oh, man. Uh, I got some... uh, a comment from Bo Jackson that I want to play for you coming up next hour where he thinks he would average 350 yards rushing per game. Um, Todd Gurley also was told in the huddle by Matt Ryan, make sure you don't score a touchdown. We'll have that for you coming up as well. I don't know how that happens because if you say to Todd Gurley in the huddle, whatever you do, don't score a touchdown. And then he probably thinks, gosh, these guys are trying to tackle me and I'm going to have to fight through these tackles. Why did, I mean, just go through the line and then fall down. Or why don't you just take a knee? I didn't understand that. If you're on the basketball floor and I say, whatever you do, I'm going to throw you the ball, do not score. And then you have a defender who comes up on you and you go, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I'm going to shoot. Oh, you know what? That happened. Mario did that. That's not necessary. <laughs> but true. Seton passed him the ball. Did you tell him not to shoot? You know, we don't have any audio of that conversation. That was a playoff game, too. Yes, Tom. I think my swarming defense forced him to shoot. He panicked. I don't get enough credit. <laughs> and I'm giving you credit right now. Thank you. Because he did panic. He's like, oh, my gosh, I'm not supposed to shoot. He I'm never would have shoot. shot if I didn't come up on him like that. And he shoots an air ball, and the only way you could lose is to get an air ball and put it back in. Johnny Bench coming up on the program. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Hey, hey, it's Malcolm Gladwell, host of Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Your elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive entirely its own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Your last day of vacation and you found time for a deep tissue massage followed by a long mud bath then a two-hour nap. Because you're an American Express Platinum Guard member and booked your stay at a fine hotel and resort through Amex Travel, which means a 4 p.m. checkout. And those relaxing vacation vibes can keep going at the airport in the Centurion Lounge. Just a splash. Before you board the plane, back to reality. See how to elevate your travel experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Don't live life without it. Terms apply. This is Holly Fry from Stuff You Missed in History Class. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander. With seating for up to eight passengers and available panoramic moonroof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with the whole family. Check out more national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota. Let's go places.